victory podcast on a victory monday i'm parth i'm here with pierre how you doing buddy doing good man doing good besides the fact that the birds almost gave me a heart attack yesterday i'm, I'm, I'm doing good doing good it, it's every week it, it's every week we uh we got spoiled last year and we forgot what eagles games really are like it's it's that meme you know the beginning of the picture is the eagles are on it's my favorite day of the week and then the majority of the game is Oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. This is miserable. I don't know why I look forward to football. Why am I doing this to myself? I should be more mature than this. I shouldn't have emotional stake in a game played by other people. And then the game ends and it's like, we won and let's go. It's like the best week ever. I'm, I'm fired up. The, but the, the vibe on the timeline and just from Eagles fans in general, like this was the most Eagles fans reaction to a game. Like they're mm-hmm. 4-0, they won in overtime, but – let Eagles fans tell it Scott's fallen. I know. I mean, we've talked about it every week on our on our post game pod. That just like Eagles fans love a game where you win and you still get to complain, and that's uh, this definitely the ultimate, true. This is yeah. the ultimate game like that. Oh my god, all over the place. But you know, got to keep the main thing the main thing for sure. But the offense and the defense need to uh, get everything together, man. Uh, like we've, I mean, it. I feel like a broken record because it's what I've been saying every week, but these games aren't going to be as easy in a little bit, you know, in a, in a, I mean, this week, this week, you know, we can't come out just totally flat and, uh, and expect to win a game against, you know, high powered offense. Like we're about to go up against in, uh, in, in, in LA, you know, we're taking trip across the nation and then you're going to go play a guy who has won a Super Bowl. You know, he's not a fraud like Shanahan. <laughs> you know, he's won a Super Bowl. Um, you know, they got Puka Nakua, who obviously is just one of the most exciting and fun stories in the NFL. It's going to come to like a, you know, a pause for this week, of course, because Slay's coming to town. But, um, yeah, you just can't have as many mistakes. The uh, the commanders really stayed in this. And, and uh, that's also just a credit to them. Sam Howell looked really good. I, yeah. I've been, I've been a fan for a while. I kind of, I felt like he had some potential. I really wanted them to rock with them, give him a chance. And it's, it's really great to see. And um, to me, I was just really impressed that he put out this performance, not only against like a defense that has the talent that we do now, obviously we were missing some guys on the back end, and there's no question about that, but for Sam Howell to come out and put up this performance after he got sacked, what, six times last nine week, times. Nine yeah. times last week, sixteen percent. That that's where the six was coming from. In my hand. He was getting in my head. He was coming. He was getting sacked at a sixteen percent rate. Um, Justin Fields got sacked at a fourteen percent rate last year, and that was historic. So um, credit to Sam Howell. Also credit to the uh, to the Commanders' O line. I mean, all week it was just what's the Eagles' D line going to do to the Commanders? Uh, and they showed up. They they really showed up. They gave them time. It was nice to see you know the D line start to start to come alive near the end of the game, but for the majority of the game, man, Sam Howell had good pockets. And even when he didn't, he kept his eyes downfield and he he stayed in there and he made some tough throws. So um, I, my main takeaway was really just that I'm I came away very impressed with Sam Howell. I I, uh, I thought he just he made some really good plays, flashed some potential. If I'm a commander's fan, I'm pretty excited, man. You know, um, it's 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 a, it's a little bit of hope. Right. I mean, it's been a brutal couple of years, but. You know, you got this young quarterback who 
looks like he has some of the goods, you know. What do you think? Yeah, um, I was definitely surprised by somehow. Like, before this season, I was talking with my buddy who was a Washington fan, and I was telling him, you know, just how – for back of for lack of a better term, just how mid I thought Sam Howell was, but through the first four games, he's really pleasantly surprising me. Um, but for my uh like big picture takeaway, um, I'm just gonna list off some a couple of stats or whatever from the game. Mm-hmm. The Eagles had 11 penalties. Um, they allowed 31 points. Um, as we touched on, Sam Howell essentially carved up the defense. He threw for uh, 290 yards. They lost a starting offensive lineman in Cam Jurgens. They were playing with a former undrafted rookie free agent in Josh Job and the backup safety in Terrell Edmonds. Yet, despite all of these things, they were still able to come away um, with the win. And it kind of seemed like everything came together when it needed to. Um, the defense, they got to stop. Um, I'm watching his first drive in overtime. Um, the offense, they were able to drive the ball down the field into Washington territory. They faced some adversity with the, um, what was it, the uh, the Dickerson intentional, the, no, the intentional oh, grounding. The, yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. I didn't understand that, but yeah, like um, can we just take a second and talk about that? That that never happens. Usually, yeah, it's never, like all right, I've never, a, I've never seen that call. It happened already this year. So I was listening to the Philly Special uh, podcast, and Shield was talking about it. It happened in the uh, in the uh, in the Seahawks game. I think it was Week One. Geno Smith just threw it. There was a miscue with the receiver, and they gave him an intentional grounding. And it's like you know, usually for these types of throws, they give the quarterback and the receiver the benefit of the doubt especially when it's 50 yards downfield, you know, I, I get it if he's running and he you know, barely gets it to the line of scrimmage and there's nobody there, but some of these calls, they just, they were a little odd and especially in high leverage situations. I mean, you have the fourth and one with Dickerson, right? I mean, the entire Washington D line was in the neutral zone. Bro, the freaking defensive tackle was literally touching the ball. Like, and and there's not, and they're all just talking about the announcements. Like, oh, you, know, you see, Dickerson is getting off the ball early here. I'm like, can we, can we be honest here? And and I get it. You know, the it it screams that the NFL wants the percentage to go down. That's what it seems like. You know, it's it's belligerent and we and blatant. You got to just be honest about it. And the second one, I, I think this one was just so crazy to me. Was the PI on 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 Darius Slay? Yeah, that was. Perfect defense. Terry McLaurin puts his head down because he knows he got beat on the play. And then they put the flag up and you should have seen the smile on his face. I mean, Terry McLaurin even knew that it was a bad call. I mean, it happens. But when the receiver's laughing and and clapping like, oh, thank God, you know that it was a bad call. But I'm sorry to interrupt. There were just some really bad calls. Yeah, but um, like I said, you know, they faced some adversity with the intention of grounding. But they were um, able to overcome that, get into scoring positions and special team they converted to win the game. And I think, you know, essentially, like I said, you know, everything came together when it when it needed to. Um, and I feel like that stuff matters. Like, to me, um, I think like Nick Sirianni said, that's a team-building win. That's a chemistry-building win. You know, all three phases, when they needed to, they stepped up and they were able to, you know, come away with a win. Absolutely. At the end of the day, that's what matters. And, and there's no question about it. But at this point in the season, you know, we're getting now to week five. You do have to start – firing on all cylinders and it just feels like the team isn't right and that's not to say that they aren't playing well in certain points of the game you know like you just said when they needed to make a play they went down and made a play you know Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown now that touchdown we'll talk about it in a second whether it was too early I get I get it you know you take the touchdown um maybe if the taunting penalty wasn't there it wouldn't have been so easy for them to get down the field but also like uh, I'm pro taunting you you got to do what you got to do as football man like Forbes was talking his smack. Also, shout out to Forbes, man. 
commander's got a good one with him yeah. he uh he's he's scrappy you know and that's that's the best like word to use especially when like it's like an undersized corner but I mean, it's his it's his first season, fourth game ever, and my man's getting in like AJ Brown's face, Devontae's face, no fear. You you win some, you lose some. You know, he lost he lost some yesterday, but uh respect, man. Respect. Yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't back away from the moment. As a young corner in this in the NFL, I feel like that's the you know type of confidence, type of attitude that you have to without have. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So he's he's gonna have a special career. And uh it'll be fun to watch, you know, with uh, with us having our undersized receiver and them having their undersized corner uh good battles man good battles and uh yeah aj put the ball in his lap it was hilarious but that 20 yard penalty helps him out a ton uh but you know you just want to see games like this not come down to the wire like they did now the commanders played it well but when you're a team that you know let me put it this way right if we're looking at the game objectively it wasn't a terrible game. You know, the offense put up points when they, they put up points when they needed to, they came through and won the game. But when we're talking about a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, this wasn't, you know, a dominant enough uh, of enough win, you know, and, and every team struggles, right? We saw it with the chiefs last night. We saw it with the dolphins yesterday, but we haven't had um, our like just full team performance, right? Like everyone firing on all cylinders. I've said that a lot now, but it's really what I mean. Like just everyone pumping, everyone moving, and everyone just kind of at, at, at the top of their game. And we talked about it last year. We, we kept waiting for it, right? Like we had a lot of those – last year was like the opposite. It was a, it was a second quarter kind of team. We came in the second quarter, historic uh, mar- scoring margin in the second quarter. This year we're coming out as a second half team. For, personally, I do prefer that. I prefer, you know, like – if you're going to come out and like wake up, if it has to be only one half, I'd rather it be second half instead of, you know, you come out in the first half and then you're dead in the second. But, you know, like I was saying earlier, you go and you come out dead against a team like the, uh, the Rams, it's not going to be as easy to come back from, you know, 17 to zero, right. Or, or 17, three, whatever it was, you're not going to get the same opportunities um, and the amount of opportunity. So it's really going to be important that we execute on these types of things. And so, you know, if we're talking about the O-line a little bit, we went down there and we scored a lot, right? And uh, some of the times we didn't score, one of them was the Landon Dickerson penalty and things like that. But I think it's a recurring theme that both you and I have noticed as well as Quell, just that the red zone offense is uh, is lacking, right? We got inside the 20 and it's just like, we overthink it. That that's really what it feels like. It feels like Brian Johnson's there, and he's like, "Crap, that's I'm exactly, in the twenty. That's exactly the first thing I have in my notes under uh, red zone. The offense thinking too much. Yeah, I mean the Kenny Gainwell third and eleven. We're running a sweep. Sirianni's explanation is we ran that last uh, last week, and we got a first down on it. If we're getting a first down on it, no one's questioning it. Fine. I mean that's the case with any play, but it's a coward. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a coward's play, man. That and it's a different week. Like you can't base exactly what work one week mm-hmm. against another team off what's going to work this week against this team. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, you're a Kenny G hater. I'm a Kenny G supporter. I'm, but even that, I know. I'm not, I'm not a hater. <laughs> I just don't think he's as good as DeAndre Swift. Yeah, no, I, I get you. I get you. And regardless, even if you were handing it to DeAndre, that's not the right play call there. I mean, at least just like. Try for something. It just it felt like a coward's draw. It wasn't a draw, it was a sweep, but or outside zone, whatever it may be. It just was ugly, you know, and, and you don't want to see that. We got lucky, 
right? We're sorry, just one more thing. Situationally, if we don't get that, we're kicking a field goal and then we're only up seven. It's still a touchdown game. If we get the touchdown, then it's a two possession game. So it's just, I want to see these things cleaned up, you know, and I want to, and especially a team like the Eagles who are known for being aggressive. What are y'all doing? You know, show something. Yeah, like you were saying, um, in terms of the red zone offense and the struggles, like you said, it just seems like they're thinking too much. Like a lot of what they seem like Brian Johnson wants to do is, you know, get Jalen involved in terms of the running game and whatnot. But uh, something I want to see um, more utilized is just them getting Dallas Goddard more um, active in the passing game, especially when they get down in the red zone. Um, I think through mm-hmm. the first, what, three, four games, he has six, about either at or around 60 yards. That's not enough for a guy no. like Goddard, who has the ability to be a top five tight end in this league. And I just I don't really understand, you know, why he hasn't been more effective this year. So this has been my personal theory. You know, I've been kind of workshopping it. I'm not sure. Just feels like tight ends throughout the league, minus a couple teams, are just a lot quieter. The Patriots have had their tight ends be, you know, they produce, but they also run the most 12 personnel in the league. And, you know, they depend on their tight ends more than anybody. But, I mean, we're looking at the main guys. Kelsey last night, 60, 60 yards, something like that, no touchdown. Kittle has, I mean, he's had some good moments, but he hasn't had a lot of big games. Mark Andrews has like two touchdowns on the season, I think maybe three, but even he's not producing yardage the same way he does. My question is, is I wonder if defenses are evolving to the next phase of evolution for defenses is just trying to get rid of the tight end over everything. It's just, I don't know, you know, it's, it's just kind of something I've noticed, but it just feels like all the tight ends numbers in the league are just kind of low compared to, you know, what they used to be. It feels like in the last couple of years, we've had, at least 3000 yard tight ends, like every year, you know, it's just kind of been like a rotation of Kittle, Kelsey. uh, I mean, Goddard's always close out there. Andrews, uh, you know, those guys. And uh, so it's, it's, it's a little interesting. I wonder, you know, what's the truth to that, but regardless, we have the personnel to be able to get Dallas open too, you know, and we, and Dallas is the kind of guy who does all the thankless work. And that's why the locker room loves him. He's a, he's a coach's favorite. Cause they're, I mean, Sirianni makes a note about it every week, just that like, yeah, Dallas isn't putting up the numbers, but this offense wouldn't be running without him, him as a blocker, you know, and, and just him in terms of like, he's okay running the routes where he's not going to get the ball. And it's, it's not fun, you know, and it's, it's a very thankless job. Uh, and we're lucky that we got, you know, three guys who are just really, really willing to do that. Even AJ is to an extent, but you got to give him his at the beginning of the game. But Devante, uh, OZ, and uh, and Dallas, they don't complain. Can we talk? In the can we talk about OZ's, OZ's downfield OZ. blocking on that uh, AJ oh, touchdown? Like he, my man is my man is 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 playing his heart out. It, you can tell he's playing for a city. You know what I mean? Like it just makes me so happy to see and like. I, I, I was a Quest supporter for a long time, you know. Last year, he made me mad because he was tweeting. I was like, come on, man. Like, why are you tweeting after we lose? Like, you don't need to be doing this. But in all honesty, OZ could take a spot just in terms of his route tree being a little bit more sophisticated. He's able to run the underneath routes a little bit more. He's still got the speed. And as a blocker, I mean, he's he's mean. He's a mean blocker. You know, him and Devontae are not big guys, but they know how to use their body to block. And – uh and it's, it's really fun to watch. When you see downfield blocking like that, you know, like, what the locker room is like, what the receiver yeah. room is like, you know, what it they – It shows effort. 
Mm-hmm. It's the Jalen Hurts effect. That's why QBs are a, that's why wins are a QB stat. But we'll skip that for now. Jeez. I'm telling you, it's coming. It, it 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 exudes into every person on the team. You have soft teams. You're gonna have soft players. Soft quarterbacks, soft players. Look at the Broncos. They won one game against the Bears. And that's because Bro, the Bears, the- Chicago is a mess. It is god awful. Horrible. Yeah. Regardless, maybe that goes against my argument. We're not going to talk about it. But <laughs> I still stand by what I said. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. Uh, oh, what I wanted to say about OZ was uh, I learned this the other day. I went to a, like a happy hour for, for work. And one of the guys I work with, he went to uh, he went to St. Joe's Prep. You know, OZ was originally the running back at St. Joe's Prep. And then when DeAndre came in, he switched to receiver. I mean, it makes sense when you, like, watch his play style. He kind of... As soon as he told me that, I watched him yesterday, and I was like, oh, yeah, this dude definitely was a running back. He's, like, he's not even... He's, like, not super tall. You know, he's got, like, good feet. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, this dude... He's also... He's, like... He's kind of, like, real built. That's what I mean. Like, he's just... Like, yeah, exactly. He's not necessarily stocky, but he's built for sure. Um, So, yeah, that was... uh, That was just, like, a cool little, you know, Eagles trivia I I learned this... uh, this week. But anyways, yeah, we talked about the red zone. Find a way to get Dallas the ball. You know, we have guys who are taking attention from the defense. Dallas has his opportunities. It's just a matter of us taking advantage of it's it. It just seemed that, like, through the first four games, he's just been kind of out of sync with Jalen. Like, um, I remember in the New England game, there were a couple plays where he was open downfield and Jalen just didn't look towards him. Mm-hmm. Um, and even in this last game, um, yeah, I can't remember – I can't remember if it was the fourth quarter or overtime where I think uh, he was meant to be a passing target, but he was blocking as if DeAndre Swift had the ball. It was kind of mm-hmm. a miscommunication. Then there was also the play where um, Washington, they blitzed, and I think uh, Goddard, he was supposed to be the hot route, and Hurts fired to him, and yeah. he wasn't even looking for the ball. So it's just like, like the they've first just – Yeah, they've just been out of sync. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get it. And this – Makes you question the uh, the stance that we have on preseason, you know, not yeah. to be like concussion uncle and everything, but a lot of this is just kind of like you need live reps with these sort of things. It, it's what we said. It's what Quan and I said about uh, AR, right? Like the, the dude is going to be nice, but you don't want him sitting because he needs the reps. So, you know, you just you need you need reps. It's football. Um, but in terms of you know the players heating up, chemistry heating up, obviously AJ and and Jalen is is back in full swing. I just want to take a moment to talk about the throw up the left sideline to Drop AJ in the, bucket. in the bucket. We see like they, they talk about that for Herbert and all those other guys all the time. We never see them talk about the media talk about that for Jalen. That was on the money. That is that's such a hard throw to make. Like you have to have the elevation, the speed. It has to drop right into the money because if he extends his arms out, the safety's going to come in and smack his arms. It's not going to be a completion. He put it right on AJ so that he even was able to slow down a bit so the safety misses right by him, and uh, and he saves him from the hit, and it's right over the other corner shoulder. Just just beautiful. And, I mean, the touchdown to, to AJ on Forbes, AJ Brown should not be running routes like this at, at a receiver size. And I just – we're so damn blessed on the Eagles, man. Like, I don't think, like, people fully understand, like, yeah, we have two stars, but these are, like, you're too, like – polar opposites for what a receiver can be you know you and there's and they're and they both play off of each other so well and they both share so many similarities still but you know AJ is your loud like 
diva receiver who needs the ball and he's like you know give me the ball and i'm gonna and he wants to score a touchdown every time he gets the ball now Devonte smith wants to score a touch score, score a touchdown every time he touches the ball but my man is silent he's he's a silent assassin their body sizes are you know completely different aj's all yoked up and Devonte's a slim reaper but you can see the way that they've been learning off of one another's games like aj ran great routes but his route running is like i feel like it's improved even here and Devontae, you can see in so the way that he attacks the ball, like the way that AJ Brown is known for attacking the ball and those types of things. You can see that there, it, there's a there's osmosis, you know, learning yeah. by osmosis from the from the two of them. And that that route that AJ ran, the I mean, you can call it a stop and go, maybe a there was a sluggo earlier too where he got Forbes on it too. Um, but those. Those double move routes are not easy. And when you have an aggressive corner like Forbes is what you want to take advantage of. And I mean, he makes them look so simple to be able to run those, run those routes, stop on a dime that quickly and get back going. It's, it's, it's just incredible to watch, man, especially at that size. He's like 225, bro. Like <laughs> that's crazy. The body control and everything that goes into it. The, yeah, both of them, the way that they can make catches on the sidelines, it's, it's freakish, man. It's freakish. That the contested catch Smitty had, I think it was either over two or three of Washington's defender, bro. You talk about freakish. That was insane. He was like two feet in the air, bro. Like he was l- literally. I mean, it's, it was like, it's just like just like last year, the same catch he had near the mm-hmm. red zone. Mm-hmm. I, I he had one like that in the Super Bowl too. I mean, he, like his ability to rise up above the defenders is nuts. They say uh, I saw this tweet yesterday that Patrick Mahomes' speed is n plus one. Uh, and being whatever the uh, whatever the defender speed is, like that's what his speed is. That's what Devonte is like. Like he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he will route you up. He's got the right speed, and he'll just out jump you no matter what. Like whatever like weird thing you need to do with your body, like he's able to do it. He can contort like in the craziest ways, keep his feet in bounds. Like special receiver. I mean, just both of them, man. It's it's just really fun to watch, especially as a receiver. So before we move off of the offense, passing offense specifically, um, I feel like uh, through the first three games they leaned more onto the onto the run. You know, talked about uh, DeAndre Swift and how he I think he's what second in NFL in rushing, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but against Washington in this game, you know, they were able to you know get the passing game going a bit. They threw for 319 yards, two touchdowns. Um, AJ, um, he finished with nine catches, 175 yards, two touchdowns. He has 306 yards the last two games. That is absolutely insane. But um, in this game, do you view this game as sort of like a turning point for the passing offense? Like I know, like as a whole, it still was kind of like clunky. Like, you know, like we've talked about the past couple of episodes, they're still kind of trying to find their way as an entire unit, but things were able to flow a bit better this game. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I said, was this a turning point? Yeah. I think it was. I think the way that you saw, they were they were really struggling right there in that second quarter. Washington was putting up points. The defense couldn't get a stop. The offense just miscues, couldn't get out of our own way. And then there was that drive to end the second half, or the first half, right, where we drive down the field, we get points up on the board. After that point, it was a different Eagles team. And that's what gave me hope. You know, there were still some miscues, without a doubt. It wasn't a perfect game, but – the way that they came together and we're just kind of like, all right, we need to lock in was very reminiscent of last year. Um, and yeah, in terms of like the carry as the split carry and whatever, I really could care less. Like I know the media loves to 
care about that. That's where Jalen Hurts is keep the main thing. The main thing comes into play, right? When it comes to, you know, make, make, make more plays, you know, when they're there and, you know, take advantage of the opportunities you have. Don't say make, keep the main thing, the main thing there. No, you can definitely improve. And he's, he's good about that. But when it comes to how we win, it doesn't matter. We won. You know, it doesn't matter if we ran the ball, if we run the ball, or if we pass the ball. The beautiful thing about the Eagles is that we had the ability to do both at an extremely dominant level. So continue to do that. Do whatever works. There's no reason to force passing if running the ball is working and vice versa. You know, if if you're able to pass the ball and you're getting whatever you want, you're getting four or five yard chunks and, and uh, explosive plays like we had today or yesterday, there's no reason not to. So, um, you know, to answer your question succinctly, I, yeah, I think it was a turning point. I think uh, I think we're seeing Brian Johnson also settle down a little bit. I think this was one of his best games. Um, so that's really uh, exciting to to see. And I also thought that Sean Desai, like, he had some moments where I was just like, all right, man, calm down a little bit. But like I, we talked about this in the in the offseason with me, you, and, and Quell, you know, that Quell was going to be like, you're not going to see much different and whatever. And I was like, no, I think we're going to see a lot. I think we're going to see a guy who wants to experiment a ton. And it's what we are seeing. That's what I really appreciated about what this I was going to bring is that he's not afraid to get in his bag a little bit and, and kind of. I think, not cut you off, but the biggest yeah. difference between him and Gannon, even though philosophically they might be similar, Desai isn't static. He's exactly. not like he's not going to sit back and allow quarterbacks to nickel and dime him down the field. Like he's at least going to try. Exactly. He's going to he's at least going to try to make them you know think about it. Yeah, uh, dude, I I told Quell, I like we this has been a defensive philosophy argument that we've had, but I will take a guy who blitzes over a guy who's just willing to let you go because at least you're trying. You want to make him uncomfortable, you're going to make him think twice. You know, it's it's football. You can't just let him sit there and get into a rhythm like. The human aspect of this, I know I talk about it a lot. I sound like a broken record, but you let a team sit up there and get confidence and nickel and dime down the field. If you're the corner, you just let up like six passes. You know, you're like, all right, look, don't let it in now. Like it's hard to just lock in like that just for 10 yards, 15 yards. It's There's a whole mental aspect of the game that I think the Fangio defense, when they're just too strict about it, they're, they're really, really just missing out on. It works for certain quarterbacks, certain systems. But it's not a one size fits all. Just do it all the time. You gotta. And that's the thing. That's yeah. the thing with the Fangio scheme. Like, like we talked about it earlier today in the group chat. I feel like it has a place, but I feel like at the same time you have to kind of find the gray area with it. Like it's, you it's said, it's not. Yeah, it's not something that works against every team because every team doesn't play the explosive down the field. In the words of Jonathan Gannon, pew pew shots. Shots Every team, every team isn't uh, formulated that way. So. It, it's like I said, it's about finding a great area. Yeah. I mean, that's why the Eagles were a better team than the Raiders two years ago and lost or yeah, two years ago and lost to them because Derek Carr just came and took everything underneath. Cause he's not looking to go deep. He's not looking to take shots over your head. He's going to hit run Hunter Renfro on a three yard sh- shallow crosser all day. He'll hit him three times and then have a first down, you know, <laughs> like, so, you know, it's, it, I, uh, I know there were some plays where it was just kind of frustrating and you're like, what's going on with the defense. But Nicholas Morrow had three sacks. <laughs> Nicholas Morrow. Oh, shout out to him, too, man. Him and Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham. Did that tackle he had, was it on Brian? Rob? No, it was Curtis Samuel. Like, he just like, <laughs> <He> said, come <laughs> here, little boy. That was in. He missed the tackle, and he said, no. Nah. He just yunk and just grabbed him. That was 
that was crazy. I was like, yo, like that's crazy grip strength, bro. To just a full grown man who's like just trying to get away from you said, come here. <laughs> it was it was super impressive. But yeah, both of them are playing well. And it's gonna be exciting to see uh Nicobe come in and add to this room. I want to so see. Let me let me let me like. ask you this. When Nicobe comes back, which I know this this might be kind of a dumb question, but is he a starter? Do you start Nicobe? Over Nicholas Morrow, or I don't think that's a dumb question. I think it is. I think it's a tough question, honestly. Um, they're both playing at a high level. It's hard to just be like, all right, this guy's back, get out, you know, because it's not like Nakobe was coming in, and I, you know, I'm the biggest Nakobe fan. I wanted to take him like in the second round that year, but you can't just be like, all right, well, you were playing well, but this guy, you know, we drafted him, so get out. That's just not how the Eagles are wired. Um, I think they could rotate him in, uh, and. You know, I think he can rotate with Moro, maybe. I don't know. Depends on how they want to do it. But I feel like him and Moro have some similarities, play style and size-wise. Um, and just use Nakobe how they've been using Moro. Like, Nakobe was so dominant as a blitzer at Georgia. Let him get some of those, you know, Moro blitzes and just go 100 miles per hour at the quarterback. So um, I think it'll be interesting to see. But I think uh, more likely than not, we'll see a rotation until, you know, to kind of separate themselves uh, from from the group, kind of like we saw with running backs, right? Yeah, agreed. It'll be kind of like a committee-style approach. Exactly. Which it makes sense because, like you said, you know, Morrow and Cunningham, they both, you know, showed why they deserve you mm-hmm. know, to continue getting playing time. But as you said, Nicobe, he's no slouch. He, you know, he's going to, you know, make his presence felt as well. So we'll see. Absolutely. So let's uh, – we, we talked about it a, a second ago. Let's talk about the touchdown. Uh, the in the in the fourth quarter, you know, you got a minute thirty left or something like that, right? You're driving down the field. Uh, you're up by three, right? No, no, you're. I think it was. There were we were down, right? You're driving down the field, and you have a chance to end the game, right? You could end the game by slide it or trying to run out the clock, get it down as far as possible. Or do you go and take your touchdown as soon as you can? Now, AJ, AJ and Jalen, it looked like there was some kind of communication between them and they were, and, and Jalen saw that there was a blitz coming. So he just kind of told AJ to hit Forbes with the double move. You know, the safeties were playing at three yard depth. They were expecting the run. It seems like AJ or I keep saying AJ Jalen might've checked out of it, let AJ know. And then they got the touchdown. Um, so what do you think? Philosophically, what do you do there? I feel like, uh, like how Sirianni said it um, in the postgame presser, I don't feel like you should ever apologize for scoring. And I think it was the right decision. Like, I feel like it was kind of overblown, the whole uh, drama around it or whatever. Like, there's no guarantee. Number one, there's no guarantee you make the field goal. And then mm-hmm. two, um, forcing a team, you know, to score with a minute left um, and one time out, you, I'm pretty sure, you know, nine times out of ten, you take those chances. Now, where things get murky is the A.J. Brown penalty. Yeah. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't do that. There's no penalty enforced on the kickoff, and it puts Washington even further back. Yeah, so I he like gave him 20 yards. Because, yeah, it's, you it's have to massive. consider that as well. Yeah. yeah. Without a doubt, I, I, I completely agree with you. You know, some people might say it's smarter to run out the clock and take a field goal. But like you said, there's no guarantee you score a, t- score a field goal. And there's no guarantee that you score another touchdown, that you don't, that you get an opportunity like that. So, and especially, you know, I, I, we were singing Sam Howell's praises. 
But when you're looking at it objectively, you have a rookie quarterback, a team that hasn't won many games, and they have to drive down the entirety of the field with a minute, 30 seconds left. You're probably going to feel good, you know, about going for the touchdown there. Also, I mean, Jack Del Rio is, is insane. Why are you calling a, a, a cover zero like blitz? It, why? It just doesn't make sense. Situational football. The man's insane. The man is insane. He's been insane for years. I don't know how he's stayed there, but I mean, it's, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible call, but more power to him. But another thing, another point I wanted to make on that. Um, also, you can kind of see like the fire lit under the team after um, that touchdown. Like I think you you text in the group chat, like that's the most animated we've seen Jalen after a touchdown. Like you can kind of see it fire the entire team up. So that's another you know feather in the basket of scoring that touchdown. Like the whole chemistry aspect of it. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. It was it was it was great to see. In the it, you know you want your defense to get the stop there. Now obviously there were just like some crazy things that happened, but you know we can't talk about this game without giving a huge shout out to the MVP of the game, Reed Blankenship's forearm. I mean that is that was crazy, man. Talk about talk about putting it all out on the line for a for a dub. Can you imagine someone's cleated foot jumping down on your forearm, bro? Like. Sacrificed, bro. Sacrificed his forearm for the greater greater good. Seriously, bro. Like putting your body on the line. Like, bro, I got cleated on my foot. Like, you know, I've gotten like stepped on, and that hurts. Even like a finger. Like, oh man, like he got me. Your forearm has like a lot of surface area, man. That is, and McLaurin was jumping and coming down, trying to toe tap. So you know he's stomping his feet. Thank you, Reed. You know, thank you to Reed and his unusually large neck <laughs> <laughs> but even even more just even more than just the whole forearm aspect of it just i think you know reese's just steady presence in the in the secondary it really showed yesterday like and i tweeted it just something as simple as just knowing where to be um he always seems to right be in place, the right, right place right time right time exactly that's exactly what i have in my notes you know he keys well he just understands what he's supposed to do he understands his place and his role in this defense and to be an undrafted free agent and to, you know, come in basically last year just off of a, uh, off of Chauncey Gardner Johnson's injury. And he's seemingly never, like, never looked back. Like, no, and he's never been, looked out of his depth. Yeah. Yeah. He just, he, he looks like he belongs. Mm-hmm. His first play was a pick off of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he has like what, six picks and like five picks in center or something like that. It, it, it so. hasn't even been a full season, bro. Like it, it literally has not even been a full season. So the kid is special, man. And uh, that was, that was one of my guys. So it's super exciting to just like see him dominating, especially on the Eagles. Um, yeah. I, I said it yesterday. Like he's, he's one of our best DBs just overall. Like Slay is obviously Slay and he's special, but Reed is right up there, man. He, he like, I, I don't think I can, overstate what Reed has done for this defense. Like Reed is holding it he's, all together he's, on the back end. Stabilizer. He's a stabilizer. He is the entire, like, dude, we have, we're missing our slot corner and we're missing one of our safeties. And you wouldn't know it watching the game, the way Reed has been playing. And, you know, any tackle, any tackle you see, Reed is a part of it. It's insane. Whether it's in the backfield, whether it's like 
50 yards downfield. He is all over the field, running around all the time. And I think, you know, like you were saying, he understands the defense. And I also just think he knows what offenses are doing. You know, he played quarterback in high school. He was actually pretty nice. I was reading his like scouting report the other day. Um, you know, he was playing, he was playing quarterback. And so I think he has a really good understanding of, you know, what to look for and, and the different type of passing concepts that are coming. You know, if he sees a cross underneath and he knows that, you know, they might be trying to put him into a space where he has to decide between a low cross and, uh, and a high crosser. So we're very just fortunate to have him, especially after the turnover we've had at safety over the last couple of years. Um, he, like you said, Pierre, he's brought a lot of stability and it's, uh, it's, it's just really fun to see, especially in a city where we value safety play. Um, Reed is, Reed is making himself a name and I, and I love to see it. Now we're talking about Reed and we talked about Sean a little bit earlier um, and how he's changed up defenses. But I just also wanted to talk about how um, it's been so exciting to watch what he's done with the D line. And we talked about how they were a little slow, you know, uh, at the beginning of the game, didn't look like they were getting much push. And especially when we thought this was going to be a game where the Eagles D line would dominate. Um, I was a little disappointed at first, but you could see that, you know, after halftime, Desai uh, and Johnson both went through and, uh, and they made, a lot of uh they made a lot of uh you know adjustments at the half and uh you know it's just it's great to see that uh because it gives you hope but some of the adjustments that i saw were just that this i was throwing a lot more stunts in on the uh on the d line you know you saw hassan reddick coming in from over the center you had jalen carter bouncing out <clears throat> over the tackle and it's just you know they're twisting and stunting and it's just it's making the offense's life a little bit harder. And that's what you want out of your defense. You know, you want them to make the offense take that half a second more to have to think things through so that it levels the playing field a little bit. Yeah, so they they blitzed um, on 30% of Washington's uh, passing dropbacks. Uh, what do you think went into that? And I don't have the, the uh, numbers, but I, I know I did see earlier today that four of the pass rushers generated at least six pressures. And Josh Sweat generated nine. What do you think was the thinking behind blitzing so much because I know you know like we talked about uh previously they uh, Sam Howell was sacked nine times against uh, Denver or was it Buffalo against Buffalo yeah last yeah week. so you think that plays some a part in it or yeah I think it does I think it was just I think the game plan was we got a essentially a rookie quarterback obviously he's a second year but it's just you know basically his first year starting and I think he started the same amount of games as Jalen his first year it was like three games I, something like that so, yeah. um but essentially a rookie quarterback make him as uncomfortable as possible. Keep coming at him, keep throwing stuff in his face and just don't let him settle down. Um, but like you said, to the uh, commander's, uh, to the commander's point or uh, benefit, the, uh, the old line played really well and uh, they were able to stop a lot of the stunts, a lot of the blitzes, obviously some of them hit and they were, they were really fun and they had a big impact on the game. Uh, but yeah, I just think going into the game, the attitude was just kind of like, Let's make this kid as uncomfortable as possible and uh, make him wish that he wasn't here. <laughs> but anyways, um, you know, we talked about offense. We talked about defense. Let's talk about special teams, too. Shout Great out to Brayton Covey. Covey. You know, concussed, but my man runs the rock, bro. He is – I saw. I don't know if you saw his speech um, – or not his speech, but his quote where he was just kind of like, you know, I know a lot of people get a kick out of seeing me just kind of get tossed around and they, and they laugh at it. Hey, but, you like, – but he said, oh. 
<laughs> but relax, relax. But then he was just like, you know, he does, bro. He looks like a rag doll, bro. Like they they literally just like pick him up and throw him around, bro. But he's just like, he's like, I'm gonna keep doing it. He's like, that just makes me go harder. He's but he he did what five seven five eight. Yes, bro. Like not even maybe a buck 60 bro like he's not a big dude so he's really just like it's not fun but he was just like he used the rocky quote he was like it's not about how many times you fall it's not about whether you fall it's about whether you get up and i was just like that is god tier pandering that's what you need bro it got gave me goosies i was like let's go britain let's go (laughs) but uh it's just fun, man. We got we got like a guy who's like actually got some juice in the return game, and uh, and and the it's special been, teams is playing well as a unit. It's been a while since like the Eagles return return game return team was kind of like a threat. Like what was since the, Darren Sproles, since Darren Sproles, Josh Huff, maybe. <laughs> yeah, that's an old yeah. pull. Yeah, Josh Huff. He had like yeah. one really good return, didn't he? I do remember that. I think it was 100 yards against the Vikings, if I'm not mistaken. Was it the Vikings? Yeah, I thought it was either it was. Tennessee or the Vikings, yeah. Josh Huff era was uh, was something. Shout out Chip Kelly. Uh, but anyways. This is not, no. this is, we do not. Quell's not here. Quell's no. not here, so we don't have to act like we like Chip Kelly. Um, but do you have anything else on the game, man? I think we I think we covered most of my notes. Um, um. No, yeah, um, but just uh, Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott, oh, yeah. he's, he's top five kicker in the NFL. By far, top five. Absolutely. Maybe even top three. Absolutely. I, I mean, and he has been. I, I just don't think he gets the respect or the attention, and it's also just because, like, we're a team that's so aggressive and has so many big-name players. Usually teams that are this aggressive and, you know, have you know star study cast like this it's usually a kicker that's kind of like a forgotten position but you know how we how we is uh really just built a incredible roster also i just want to give a shout out to my brother he this made me laugh bro he was like uh randy bullock is the is the eagles mike muscala because the, the Bengals hurt. cut elliot to sign randy bullock because Caleb Sturge just got hurt, yeah. and yeah. that's the only reason Elliott was available, because Elliott got drafted by the Bengals that year, and they still cut him, which was really bizarre. Um, and then we grabbed him. I remember it. Because I, 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 I remember I it because Caleb Sturgis was very rude. I don't understand drafting kickers. I don't know. I don't know. Who, who was the kicker that uh, Tampa Bay drafted a couple years ago? Robert, was it Aguayo? Aguayo? Yeah. yeah. Is he the end of the league now? I'm pretty sure he is. I think he's in the league, yeah. He's the FSU kicker. Yeah. But yeah, drafting kickers does not make sense at all to me. <laughs> I get it. All right. Um, yeah, that's that's my uh that's my notes. Don't draft kickers, don't draft maybe maybe you can draft a punter. I don't know, it depends. Taking a punter as high as they took uh what's his name back in the day is crazy. Who was it? Uh, the Raiders. Yeah, 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 yeah. It took him in like the fourth. Something like that. Crazy. Crazy. But just uh, one more thing before we get out of here on the birds. What's your biggest takeaway through the first four games? My biggest takeaway is that we're 4-0 and have yet to play our best ball. That's a pretty awesome position to be in. Usually, if you haven't played your best ball, you are not 4-0. And the fact that we are and, uh, you know, able to make some of the plays that we make and we're not, you know, at 100%. It's a good sign to me. 
means that we have to get to 100 but the fact that we're 4-0 and we are not is a, is a really good thing i think um you know like we talked about in the last couple pods it's just you know them as a team as a whole um finding their identity finding out who they are this year and granted it's early and you know like we said you want to see them you know start to put you know put it all together but at the same time you know we have to you know, remember it's early and things are gonna it's, it's gonna come together i really feel like it is but um for me i think my biggest takeaway through the first four games is you know they've just shown that they can win in multiple ways um although it hasn't always been clean it hasn't always been clean you know they're 4-0 4-0 is 4-0 you know winning in the words of Jalen hurts is the main thing mm-hmm. um you know they've won ugly you know they've run they've won by you know running the ball you know they've won by leaning on the defense and then this game they run uh, through their passing the ball I think it's just, you know, them being multiple, um, showing they can win multiple ways. And, you know, there isn't one, uh, I guess, you know, sole way to beat them or slow them down. Um, Just being multiple, I think that's my biggest takeaway. Absolutely. And that's the beauty of of a team led by Jalen Hurts. You have the ability to have those. And that's why QBs are, that's why QB wins are a QB stat. That's where we're going to leave it. Good words. <laughs> but anyways, uh, thank everyone for listening. You know, we really appreciate your time tapping in with us. We've been doing this for a while, and it's it's really just fun. You know, we have a good time getting on here, getting to talk about the birds a little bit. We'd really appreciate it if you go ahead and share it. You know, review, subscribe, rate us five stars. None of that four star nonsense. Um, it's a five star product. It is a five-star product. Like, if you really think about it objectively, it's a five-star product. And I'm not saying that as a podcast member. I'm saying that as a podcast listener. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, make sure you share it. Uh, uh, subscribe. And then you can uh, follow all of us on Twitter. And, uh, you know, we'll see you next time. We'll be back on Thursday for a uh, pregame show for the trip out west. Go Birds. Go Birds. Go Birds. <laughs>